Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. John Clayton, he's our pal. He joins us here in the Orion Fuel and Downstairs Convenience Store. His guest line truly steps beyond convenience. John, good morning. Good talking to you. How are you? Um, good. Great to be back with you guys. Absolutely. We, uh, we're excited to, to start another year with you every Thursday. And uh, real quick, before we get into the football stuff, the Hall of Fame stuff, you know, we know you're a big rock music fan. And uh, all of us here on the show next week, we're, we're going to see Guns N' Roses, okay, down in Miami. Now, that's not as heavy as you normally like it, but are you a, are you a fan of Guns N' Roses? Oh, absolutely. How can you not? I mean, one of, one of the all-time classic groups. So no, definitely a big fan of Guns N' Roses. Okay, because we were wondering if maybe they're not they're not heavy. I mean, they're not Anthrax, they're not Slayer. They're a little bit more on the on the hair '80s hair band side. But you got the respect for Guns N' Roses. One hundred percent. Awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. Very good. All right. So you got the Hall of Fame game tonight, and our uh, our pal Jason Taylor is going in this weekend. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, which, uh, you know, there's a lot of great players. Uh, Kurt Warner's one of them who's going in this weekend who is not a first ballot Hall of Famer. So how prestigious is that getting in the first go round? I mean, it's great, but I mean, just getting the yellow jacket is the most important. So sometimes, you know, you can say it's great to be first because, again, it's sometimes rare to go in as a first ballot. Uh, you know, certainly all the all time greats are able to do it, but there's so much competition because we go there each year at the Super Bowl, <clears throat> and we're there with uh, 15 people that are pretty all all qualified, and we have to say no to 10. And so to get a consensus to get uh, a you know, Jason Taylor through on the first ballot is great. But ultimately, we're trying to get all 15 in because if you make that 15, you're usually so qualified. So I uh, so I know, like for example, like a TO is very upset about not getting in so far. He's 0 for 2. I'm sure he's going to get in. The big thing is getting in because it's such an exclusive club. John, how does the order of the of the speeches go? Because we were kind of confused on why, you know, JT is so early uh, and, and, and so late would be Jerry Jones as the owner. I, I think that, uh, you know, Dave Baker, Joe Horgan from the Hall of Fame pretty well try to figure that out because it's a TV event. What uh, I think they, they want to try to do it, obviously, with Jerry Jones, the fact that he's an owner and is uh, very eloquent in the way he does it. But it's the decision of the Hall of Fame uh, board, not the, the board of voters, but the people who run the Hall of Fame. But uh, ultimately, I'm never in on that one, uh, not part of those meetings. Have you ever had a wife or a spouse do an introduction to uh, to the Hall of Fame, like we have with Kurt Warner uh, this, this weekend? Uh, yeah, I think, well, it was in, in this case of Junior Seau, I think, wasn't it the— uh, his sister or somebody like that. I think it was like his that. sister, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, so his sister, yeah. So we do have that, uh, particularly for somebody that's passed. And, you know, what they have done in the last couple of years to try to make it a little bit faster, before you would have, you know, somebody presenting with you, uh, but now they have it on tape uh, just because they want to try to – a little bit you – know, try to get – because everybody's supposed to go 12 minutes, and they usually go 30. <laughs> so <laughs> they don't want the thing to go all night. Jimmy, but, uh, yeah, we've had women do it, but no question. We got John Clayton here with us. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, of course, is presenting Jason Taylor, and, and, and that's really cool. I'm sure the speech will be really great there. Uh, but it's it's interesting that Jimmy is presenting Jason Taylor the same day that Jerry Jones 
is going into the Hall of Fame. What what is what is their current relationship like? Uh, I'm sure it's distant. I'm sure it's professional, but uh, you have to kind of wonder why that still happened. I still remember being at the owners' meeting the night that uh, Jerry Jones actually was sitting down uh, talking to a bunch of us and then kind of floating the idea. It's like, hey, what if I would make a coaching change and bring in Barry Switzer? You're kidding? I mean, Jimmy Johnson has been one of the great coaches in NFL history, created one of the best dynasties, and did it with his imagination. And so uh, when that all happened, we were all stunned. And I said, you know, that uh, Jimmy is very much to himself. Uh, You know, he has the place where where he goes and fishes and all that stuff. But I'm sure it's a little strained. But I'm sure that once they get together here probably sometime today, He'll be laughing and telling a lot of positive stories. Is Jerry Jones uh, the most recognizable owner in NFL history? We were talking about that earlier in the show today, and the only other one that comes to my mind would be Al Davis. Yeah, I think that may be the case. I mean, certainly Art Rooney was uh, for different reasons because you know he was such a uh, icon uh, and so beloved around there. But the way that Jerry is such a speaker, the way that he is – you know, brought the brand back with the Dallas Cowboys. I'd have to say that he probably is the most recognized owner, or at least with Al Davis being the other. Let's uh, let's go back to Jason Taylor here. Where where in in your mind, where does he rank as far as uh, pass rushers NFL history? How how high up is he? I'd say probably in the top ten, maybe the top eleven, because the big thing is he had the sacks, you know, and was able to uh, you know get that pass rush going. Uh, he certainly was one of my favorites because he went to my high school. He went to Woodland Hills. Uh, so I'm, that's why I'm looking forward to seeing him today. But, you know, the, the great part is, I mean, if you get a sacker that gets over 100, they usually have a great chance to get into the Hall of Fame. But what you liked about the fact that what an underdog, you know, going to Akron, being able to establish himself as a third-round pick and then get that great pass rush going. So, you know, he's not going to be the equal of Lawrence Taylor or, uh, or Reggie White but he's certainly in that top group. And still very effective uh, even the last year of his career. I mean, he had, you know, he wasn't a starter in, in the last year of his career and still managed seven sacks that year. So, you, you know, it's not like he went out as a guy who was seldom used and really wasn't very productive anymore. No, but that's the one thing. I mean, he always took great, great care of himself, and you always knew that he had the, the mindset to be able to you know, get what he needed to do to get to the quarterback. And that was what's so good about him. You know, I think in some ways, I mean, you have great talent, but you also have brains. And he had the smartness to know exactly if he was starting to decline a little bit in his skills, what he still needed to do to be able to play and be successful. How much uh, we got John Clayton joining us here, and again, once the football season gets going, he'll be joining us again every Thursday, uh, like he has been the last few years, and we're real excited about that. Uh, Jason Taylor, of course, uh, did not did not win the ultimate prize. He didn't get to a Super Bowl. Didn't win a Super Bowl. How how much of a factor is that when you guys are in the room and you're voting on guys? Not as much as it used to be. I go back. My first year voting was 1988. Back then, it seemed to be, particularly with a lot of the older voters, so much of a big thing. Like, if you didn't go to the Super Bowl, what good are you? And so I think now, with a whole new generation of football people and football experts in that room, you know, that's kind of gone off the, off the boards. I mean, for example, I mean, look at some of the ones that we've been able to put in that haven't been to the Super Bowl, the Cortez Kennedys, the Andre Tippetts. You know, that's, I think now there's an acknowledgement how tough it is to get to the Super Bowl. 
mean, we're just judging great players. But back about three decades ago, that was a big thing. It's like, okay, well, Super Bowl was the most important, one of the big things that if you weren't a Super Bowl type of quarterback or Super Bowl type of player, then maybe the Hall of Fame wasn't for you. That's changed now. It's now just judging the player for being the player, no matter the circumstances. One player may not necessarily put enough into that team to get them to the Super Bowl. Now, uh, of course, we talked about Kurt Warner. We talked about Jerry Jones, Jason Taylor. Uh, Ladanian Tomlinson is is going in this weekend. Where uh, you know wh- where do you where do you put Ladanian Tomlinson as far as the big time running backs? Because there was a, a very long stretch, certainly in San Diego, where they were as explosive an offense as there was. Didn't didn't do any winning, but as explosive an offense there was, and Ladanian Tomlinson was really as good as it gets. Yeah, I mean, he's probably in that top seven or eight. I mean, certainly he had the yards. He was able to catch the ball. That was one thing that uh, was a bonus with him because, you know, he could get, you know, 1,200, 1,300 yards or he can get you know, 80, 90 to 100 catches. I mean, he was able to do everything, and he was able to do it for a long period of time. You know, we, and that's why it was – because you look at the guys that who were the best for the longest period of time during that during that time, and, you know, he was, you know, he was that best, just like you're looking at Adrian Peterson right now. So that was a logical one to be able to put in. How about Terrell Davis, though? Were, you know, what did you make there? Because there, there were a couple of years, of course, where he was incredible, but he didn't have the longevity, and he's now getting in this year. No, really what you look at is that he had about three and a half to four, but some of that greatness now was able to carry over and get him in. And that's why it took some time for him to be able to get into the Hall of Fame because, you know, unfortunately with the injuries, he had such a short career. But the big thing that finally got him over the top because you know, he gained like about 6,400 yards in a four-year period. But then you look about what he did during the playoffs during those four years. And that's the thing that uh, was able to be the final sell. But, uh, you know, he's now, I think, opened the door for other players who didn't have that long career to go. Like, for example, you know, it took Ken Easley uh, 25 years to be able to make it. And that career was shortened, but not because of anything other than bad fortune, because he had kidney problems. And they find out when they traded him, the Seahawks traded him to Arizona for the Phoenix Cardinals, that uh, his career couldn't go. But now I think uh, with uh, Davis getting in, you know, maybe a Tony Baselli might be able to get it in the future. But uh, you know, during the four-year stretch that he played, he played as well as any running back you can see. And what do you think in terms of Kurt Warner's career? Where do you think he made the most lasting impact? Was it the St. Louis crew or was it with the Cardinals? Like, that's pretty incredible right there, right, John? The fact that a quarterback yeah. is getting into the Hall of Fame and that we even ask you that question, that there are two different teams that he had great careers with. Right, exactly. And that's the one that's getting, you know, getting to Arizona kind of put him over the top and getting the team back to the Super Bowl. But there's no doubt the Ram experience was the one that really gave him the identity because with Kurt Warner at quarterback, they were the greatest show on turf. And they put up numbers that were absolutely incredible, you know, making that big Super Bowl run that they had. But uh, that's, I think yeah, he's always going to be identified more with the, uh, with the Rams. But certainly that second trip to the Super Bowl was the one that really got him in. Great job, John. We, uh, we're looking forward to seeing you at the end of the month, of course, for the fantasy football camp and certainly talking to you every week once again. That'll be fantastic. All right, John, we'll see you. There you go. John Clayton, shout out. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.